Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Club. My name is Jessamy G. I am joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Miss Alice Edie. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to have just a fucking chat episode. I know. It feels like forever. Like, it really feels like forever. We've been busy, busy little bees. I know. That's my, like, low-key, like, wow, look at us, like, corporate cosmopolitan (laughs) ladies of the world to show off but uh we've been busy oh we don't use I don't know I think we've spoken about this before but like not using busy as a brag because it fucking isn't yeah yeah actually that's a major thing that's been I think I might have even written it down at the end of last year slash start of this year as like my like goal vision for the year is like when someone asks how are you that busy is not the response. Yeah. For to like both to not to not be crazy busy, but to also not to not to frame it in that way. Yeah. 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 It's also not really a feeling. And I feel like if someone's like, how are you? That's that's what are you? Well, yes and no. I think we've spoken about this before, but it sort of is because you can have a lot on. It's it depends how oh, you what you yeah, mean I, by it. You yeah. know what I mean? So like I think historically when I've said it I am talking about like a feeling and mindset not like I have a lot of things in my diary so it's basically saying like I feel overwhelmed yeah okay but the like shorthand for that is busy I really this is something I it's gonna be I know we've spoken about it before and like spoiler alert it's gonna be something we speak about again because I think like it just is an ongoing fucking negotiation yeah but uh yeah I I want space. That was the word for this year. And I, I think I'm needing a bit of a reset and reconnecting with that idea of creating spacious days because yeah, it's really easy to just become that hamster again. And you're like, well, it's when I, I notice it, when I use the word just, I'm like, oh, I just, I literally heard myself being like, oh, I just have to get through this weekend. And I was yeah. like, I had the most amazing weekend planned. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck am I talking about a plan I'm excited about, but I'm speaking about it like it's a chore. That's that's on me. I'm like, check yourself. I think we're in very similar places right now, Alice. And I remember that um, on a podcast about burnout on um, Glennon Doyle's podcast, Imposter <laughs> Syndrome Club, bingo! Future, future guest, Glennon Doyle. <laughs> Imaginary friend, Glennon Doyle. But... Um, I like there are, when you think about burnout, there are things that seem obvious, like obvious um, signifiers of that. But um, but one that I think I hadn't really thought about is that when when everything when you sort of you feel the same about everything, whether it's a birthday celebration or taking out the bins or picking your kid up from school or going to work or like doing an exciting presentation, like they all feel weighted the same. Yes, like they all feel like a chore. You're like, oh, going for a picnic with my friends because I'm like, oh, God, I've got to like fucking buy some hummus and get a blanket. And you're like, that shouldn't feel exactly like homework exactly when everything becomes an just an item on your to-do list whether it's something that you know should feed you energy wise yeah. or, or not that's a that's a red flag that you that are that is so good out. I haven't I when I say good that's not good to feel that way but that's a <laughs> it's a really good little metric to have because it's such an easy one to to pay attention to yeah 
It's great. Yeah. And I've definitely noticed myself slipping into that in the last little while because there's been a lot of like and they and genuinely exciting things happening, which has been great. And I don't and I think in the moment they have I have been able to experience them, like meet them with excitement, yeah. um, which is great. But I can feel it slipping into that and feeling a need for editing in my life because I don't know if you know this about me, Alice, but I get a lot of ideas. <laughs> well, well, this is this is news to me. <laughs> I get a lot of ideas, and I like newness. You know, I like new things. I like the start of things, but when you you sow too many seeds and then too many of them sprout at the same time, then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting this and then it becomes a little bit tricky to, to navigate. So I've been thinking about this the last couple of days around what, like, what would I ultimately want my life to look like if it wasn't, like, take out any, like, shoulds or even money, right? I mean, let's be honest. If money was taken out of it, I wouldn't do shit. Like I'd be on a beach. (laughs) I'd be on a beach having a lovely time. But um like what what would I want that to look like? And Mm. I actually find that exercise really hard. Like there's not a clear, I think some people have a very clear vision of that. Like, you know, I think um you know, like Dan working in um, video production and stuff, like he would love to work on movies, right? Like he's got a very clear sort of vision of like the ultimate, like if he woke up tomorrow in his perfect life, I think he's pretty, and, you know, and obviously things change over time or whatever, but at least for the moment he's got a pretty clear vision of like what ultimate Dan (laughs) would look like. I know what you mean, though, that, yeah. like, yeah, having a clear picture. I'm like, at least if you've got something to aim for, like you say, it can change. But there's a thing that you're like, this is what best case scenario looks like. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just not. And I think it's and it's an incredibly, like, privileged and lovely position to be in where it's not like I've got a bunch of things that I really like doing. <laughs> to do, So it's not like, oh, like I'm really hating mm. my work or hating my job. It's just that my um, attention is being a bit too diffused currently. And then it's finding the balance between, um, like for me, I think doing multiple things is good. I think that's just part of my personality and something that I quite like because it allows me to maintain energy for one thing, Mm. to be able to move between them. But there there is a limit to that. So like that's cool for like doing, you know, two or three things, but when that is like six things or whatever, and then how do you, yeah, these, these thoughts are forming mm. out of my mouth yeah, at the moment. No, I, <laughs> I love that the image of the the garden where you've thrown out a lot of seeds and then more sprout than you think we're going to sprout. And then yeah. it's also such a, it's a weird, it's like a weird feeling because it's also, I think for me, at least when I, I, I do that I go through spates of doing that. Like we have totally different ways of working. And I think mm. for me, I like lo- I like less options and I like focus, feeling like I can focus on one thing. So for me, I'm always trying to be okay with the fact that I've got like three different kind of 
jobs basically at any given time, like three careers that are just happening at once. And and I constantly find myself wanting it to just be one Mm. and then having to be like, no, this is like find comfort with this being fluid because this is actually what life is going to look like. Mm. So find the best way to do that and like find comfort in that space. So we, we come at it from such a different kind of angle, but to get to that, to the, the garden metaphor, like for me, I often find with those things, I throw out all the seeds and then if too many sprout, I feel guilt around closing down some of the options because I'm like, but I started this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No one made me <laughs> yeah, sow yeah, those exactly. seeds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is a super weird comparison and I think it's going to sound like really douchebaggy. So always said <laughs> so that about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dan, please uh, potentially edit this. But that's how I felt arriving in Australia, having no friends. And then actively just seeking so many different like activities, hobbies, ways of meeting people. Yeah. And it's a set, you're touching so many bases to, to find what is or isn't going to work. And you don't fucking know. So you're just, you're trying and trying and trying mm-hmm. and it takes time. So for the first like six months, you have so much outward bound energy to go to a million things and meet a million new people. And then after that six months, like those things start picking up momentum, but actually only some of those people are people that you're really feeling a real spark with and that you want a friendship with. And others are just like lovely people, but you're like, nah, it's like, it's also fine. We don't have, we don't have, you know what? Kidding. We don't have to do this. <laughs> Who didn't make the cut? <laughs> Go on, tell me. We can bleep it out. <laughs> no, but I, I but you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, I don't, and that's the gift. I don't think yeah. that makes you sound like a douchebag oh. at all. I remember you saying to me very early on um, after we, I think when we when we were just starting to like fall in love, yeah, <laughs> um, that you had to kiss a lot of frogs. It, this is, and you don't know and though. You don't know. You don't know, right? Yeah. And it's it's so hard to like being in a like I, I've never I've never done it. Like I've never moved, packed up my whole life and moved not permanently to another place when everything is new. Like working out like where is the area you want to be in like where are your people and in order like you have to do that sort of like um what's the word I'm looking for like throwing the seeds out yeah throwing the seeds out there's a there's a oh god words happening words words have I shown you this I um I started writing down because I've been finding recently that um, there are certain words that I forget all the time and it drives me bonkers and it actually became a bit of like an anxiety thing where I would worry about forgetting words and then that would like cause this anxiety that would make me forget words. Oh, because your brain's so caught up in worrying about yeah. forgetting the word that it's not finding be, be, the word. Exactly. And apparently this is where um, like a lot of stuttering issues come from is that like you, you worry about getting the word out and you're not relaxed and that's what causes the stutter. And I, I'm not, a am not a doctor or a speech pathologist, but I imagine it's a similar kind of thing that it's, if I'm just relaxed, it words come out perfectly. But when I'm worried, like recording a podcast, for example, or, um, you know, doing a panel discussion or whatever, if I start to worry about forgetting words, then I will indeed forget the words mm. so I wrote down somewhere in this book this is so if I can find it so this is cute. going to be awesome for people who are listening yeah here we go words that I forget oh my god <laughs> and I think just like just even cute. the act of writing them down yeah um 
was really helpful. Like it's not like I'm sitting there like at the start of every day I'm like, okay, here are the words that I forget. Use um, these words in a sentence today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what it says about me. As well. Do you want to know, know what the words so are? So much. And that's, <laughs> and that's like not to add a layer of like pop psychology on top of it, but I'm like, is there a theme to the words? Yeah, because- actually, yeah I mean, I don't know. I'll read them out and you can tell me because I've actually not really thought about it because I've just been adding to it as they I come love up. this. We're, let's all psychoanalyze Jessamy's <laughs> deepest insecurities. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, that's pretty much what this, podca- what this podcast is. Okay, so number one, disproportionate. Number two, suffocating. Um, number three, comfort. Number four, overestimate. Number five, integrity. Number six, ambitious. And number seven, superficial. Wow. And so the interesting thing, right, with something like comfort, it's not like it's a, it's not a hard, like hard yeah. word. It's just something that I would find myself multiple times reaching for and just couldn't yeah. find it for some reason. You're trying to describe that feeling and you're like, yeah, it's yeah. a thing, like, you know, feeling nice. I want to feel this thing makes me feel nice and good and like you you describe around it you have all the words kind of orbiting that particular texture that exact feeling and I don't know why I don't know why it's these or suffocating yeah also just the fact that that like that you've needed that word because I don't know when the last time I've needed to you to take that word out of the archive and like use it well we have different hobbies (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can tell you exactly how it's come up was talking about well this is the one example I can remember and I imagine others would be similar to this talking about the feeling of um, going to a private school where you had to wear a very specific uniform and the feeling of that being suffocating and that I wasn't able to express myself in the way that comes most naturally to me which is through clothing and hair and that sort of stuff I just like I know that that conversation has come up at least a couple of times and that's the word I was reaching for and again like I would describe around it Mm. I just couldn't like that's the one that I wanted and I couldn't find it in the moment and then I think what happens again this is all just me guessing (laughs) but this is the time and place for that it's like when you bite your cheek and then you bite it again and again I think it's like that like if I lose it once then it will happen again and again yeah, that makes yeah. I know um so my ex husband Clayton who has a speech impediment like he he would describe almost exactly that like with words that he would get stuck on and a lot of them also were it becomes bigger than the word itself it's about like what that word means emotionally in mm. context so for him the hardest word to say was his name because also that's the moment that there's the most pressure. Like oh, you're saying, wow. your na- like you don't say your name to your friends. Your friends know your name. Yeah. So th- your name is always th- one of the first things that you say meeting a stranger. And mm. it's also like when they are kind of like their focus is laser beamed onto you because yeah. you're an unknown quantity and, and you're meeting them, right? So like it was his name. And then a while back he was we were chatting about this and he was like, he, he used to have it with my name too. And then oh, I, wow. I had this moment, I think, and I think he could see on my face that I kind of was like, the thoughts running through my head really quickly were like, oh God, was it that towards the end of the relationship, I was this like really negative thing in his life that he was oh, feeling anxiety around, like speaking about me. And like, I think he could see my whole face. Well, and then he, he just goes, no, 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 no. But like, 
Maggie too. And, <laughs> and for anyone listening, like Maggie's our dog who literally is the love of Clayton's life. So I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, this not is bad. not, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's an, it's an anxiety, but it does, it's not necessarily like an anxiety that is tethered to like trauma. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just like, I think if there's an extreme amount of emotion attached to certain anchor words, yeah, it just wow. becomes harder. Let me look at these words again and see. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, over it was one of them. Overestimate, overestimate. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Because like none of these make me feel like I don't look at those words. I'm like, yeah, these are words that make me. I love that you wrote them down. <laughs> what a nerd, right? <laughs> so cute. It's so helpful. It's great. Yeah. I like the idea that you like they're written down, and then if you need them in a conversation, if you like pull the wrong one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I suffocated the amount of time I'd have available for this project. <laughs> I'm just very superficial. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Oh, That's a thing. New thing wow. in my life. That's it's actually cool. not new. It's You know what's weird with it is that I feel like I've gone in and out of this as a feature in my life. For years and it will be present for a bit and then it'll go away and it'll be present for a bit and then it'll and go the, away. And the more, like you say, with the cheek biting thing, the more you're noticing it, that makes it a presence yes. in that moment. Um, this is, of course, a tangent, but I've been trying to learn a bit of French over the past year and a bit um, because my partner's French and also because it's just cool to use your brain and learn stuff. It feels yeah. like brain gym. It's really satisfying. Um, and the one thing that I've noticed that's really helpful for learning vocabulary is using songs because if you're using an app it's like the language is so fucking boring as a beginner what you're getting is so boring and the and you know to use your word suffocating it's that feeling of not being able to express yourself because the tools you have are all so basic and boring like the air conditioner is not working. Yeah. Do you know where the library yeah, is? Yeah, it's exactly yeah. that. But if you go to music. Oui, la bibliothèque. <laughs> Nailed it. Right. Well, getting ready for our uh, live, pod- live uh, first birthday show, which is going to be in French. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's it's so not inspiring to learn language like that. But then in music, especially in song lyrics, where people are using language metaphorically, there's such a rich pool of words. So it'll be stuff that's way more poetic, that's not as literal. So to your point about again, I'm on and on about the suffocating. But when you were using that word in the example, you weren't using it to literally describe the experience of not being able to breathe. Right. You're using it to describe the feeling of not being able to express yourself. So it's words like that where like shadows or mm. um, or flood, words that you can use and so you often don't use literally, but they've got so many more metaphoric applications and it mm. just feels like you can express so much better with them. So it's like a combo now of like I'll do the lessons on the app that are teaching that basic communication stuff and then I'll find a song that's really pretty, print out the lyrics, Google all of them and then just have this strangely poetic like every now and then like this like completely um like inappropriately floral metaphor will come out of my <laughs> where is the library also I feel a deep loneliness because the floods <laughs> of my soul <laughs> the riverbanks of my soul have flooded everyone's like what the fuck like who is this person 
Is she okay? <laughs> Have you come across any um, metaphors that don't exist in English that are like new ways of using words you haven't heard before? Uh, I'm not good at thinking of stuff like that. I'm not good at like answering questions like that straight off the bat because my brain is not doesn't archive stuff that way. Yeah. I, nothing jumps to mind, but I'll I'll put a little bookmark in there and let you know if any cool ones, yeah, any cool ones pop out. I have heard that this is like one of the best ways you can learn language. So say you're like really into skateboarding to just like buy a bunch of French skate magazines, watch a bunch of French skating movies, whatever, oh. because you will, because you understand the context and the world within which it lives. So that's one thing that you're like more likely to pick up on what they're saying because you understand that that's so world. interesting yeah and then of course like and probably most importantly you're interested yeah so you have drive to that's to learn a, what they're yeah. saying because it's something that is of interest to you rather than yeah like getting the textbooks and learning where the fucking library is yeah that is of interest to me though <laughs> <laughs> just <Okay. laughs> but yes the, um, super, the yeah. supermarket is, yes yeah. yeah yeah that's a great one mm my um, high school French teacher used to teach us to conjugate verbs in songs. She would, like, rewrite the words for, like, Ricky Martin songs and stuff. And, yeah. and I still remember it now. Yeah. Our high school French teacher was amazing. She um, she was this ex-theatre actress. I was like, mm. theatre person, act- actor. And um, she was just so dramatic. And when she was having a day where she could not deal with a bunch of 15-year-old bitches basically she was like <laughs> fuck this shit she would just print out all the she'd photocopy all the pages to the Les Mis songbook and she just put the cd on and then we all sang along to Les Mis I think you as told like, me this before <laughs> it, was, That's so it was so fun I mean it was, I think she was just like let this end <laughs> so do you are you speaking French when you're out with no. French people. I'm trying and they're amazing. So, so supportive. And it's that weird thing of I'm I'm trying to not feel self-conscious yeah. when they do because that's the only way I'm going to learn. Yeah. But it does feel you're asking people to intentionally kind of slow down the cadence of a whole conversation to keep up. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that that is that is how we learn and they're so amazing and they'll slow down and make bigger spaces between the words and I'll say something and I literally just sound like a baby, but then just yeah. get so, everyone's like, way yeah, like a round of applause. You're like, I literally said, my drink is on the table. <laughs> you have a nice face. Like, it's so basic. But yeah, that it's, is, yeah. It's very beautiful. Um, And good on you for doing, like I would feel incredibly self-conscious, but you're right. Like that is the other way that, that you learn, right, is to just be immersed. Like mm. keep, like if you had to move to France and just like live there, <laughs> you would just have to like suck it up and learn, right? Yeah. Um, and you have this like pretty cool opportunity with a whole group of French-speaking people to be able to do that. But I would be even just like even if it wasn't like in normal conversation, say I was like, hey, like, you know, these four friends would you like come and just sit with me for an hour so we can talk in French like that even if that was the activity right I think I would be so self-conscious about yeah like like sounding like a baby because you don't know how you yeah sound to them but it's 
But it's such a fucking cool opportunity. And also the thing that I keep thinking, I'm like, well, that's my ego, right? Like that's me me kind of feeling self-conscious around it. And I'm like, how fucking... Firstly, amazing to have people that are the, like so supportive and so generous with time and like wanting to help is firstly amazing. So don't take that for granted. And secondly, I'm like every single one of these people who who would be helping has moved from France to an English speaking country yeah. and learned a language that wasn't their first language. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like what an incredible thing that every single person here has done. I feel like I'm like the least I could fucking do is, yeah. is show the respect for that work that they've done by being like, yeah, cool. I, like, I want to meet you halfway. Like, I want to also do that and, and like be able to, you know, because that feeling of often I'll like notice that we're in a, there might be eight people in a conversation. The conversation's happening in English. There's one English person in that circle. Yeah. And it just, I, it, it feels, I don't know, almost, yeah, like a respect thing to be like, no, like, yeah, yeah like I, I, I want to show that this matters to me and yeah. yeah. Also it's just fucking fun. Yeah, exactly. And I think you, you're completely right. Like there's no, there's no world in which the people on the other side of that are like, oh, did you hear Alice? <laughs> what a dickhead. That's <laughs> 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 the same thing when you, um, when you travel, right. And like, so like I'd, I'll always make at least some effort to like, to try and, and speak to people. Like, you know, when you're ordering food or whatever at shops, even if you're in a place that's, where everyone kind of speaks English anyway. I think it's respectful to at least try. And what will usually happen is I'll say my, like, word that I've learned in German or French or whatever to order a coffee and they'll be like, okay, just speak back to me in English because obviously I'm terrible. (laughs) But I think making the effort is important. But I get super, like, I get so nervous about doing that. But then it's like, yeah, it's completely an ego thing because the other way around, if I was working in a cafe in Melbourne and someone came up with a strong accent that's obviously like just stringing the words together. There's no part of me that would yeah. have any negative feelings about that in any yeah. way. Also, there's weird layers where it's there's anxiety around getting it wrong, but then getting self-conscious around trying to get it right in a way. I think I think that's English-speaking it. people have this massive complex around trying too hard to have a French accent and sounding pretentious. Yeah. But that's just a that exactly if it was reversed you wouldn't have someone trying to speak their second language English and then you're like judging their accents yeah of course not and I mean look it comes it all comes back to the thing we talk about in this podcast so much is that the like the the vulnerability that comes with trying Mm, I think that's essentially what it is you know the, the like if I if I never tried I'll never know um and that's fine but I think that's essentially just another version of that like trying is vulnerable tell me tell me about your marathon running no (laughs) (laughs) cool What else well, have you been? Tell me about no, other no. things that are happening. I feel like I'll tell. Oh. I'll tell you what. Why I said no is because I've fallen incredibly behind on my training schedule. So, at the start of the year, so I've run two two marathons previously. One maybe five or six years ago, and one the year before last. The first one was in the fucking desert, and don't don't recommend. I mean, it was amazing, but it was like on sand. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, just- um, but it, it was incredible. And then the Melbourne Marathon 
the year before last, um, which was cool because like it's a thing that Dan and I did together during lockdowns was um, was trained for this marathon. We actually did what like we made our own route and attempted one, and then poor Dan's legs just seized up. That. Oh, it was so it was so awful. Um, it, he was fine, but just like I've not seen legs like buckle from cramps like Jesus. that. Like he couldn't like he couldn't even walk and we were so close to finishing but there was just no like he couldn't even walk to finish it you know what I mean is that is that something that has a a, like a warning did it start and get worse or just he was fine and then suddenly his legs just kind of crumpled uh yeah no the the four but like it started and then got worse um it's a dehydration thing I think um because he sweats a lot so he loses a lot of yeah um Liquid? What else? Suffocation. Uh, hydration. Overestimate. <laughs> like loses a lot of liquid doesn't sound like right. That's my and husband losing liquid again. <laughs> um, anyway, why am I talking about this? Marathons. Oh, yeah. So at the start of this year, um, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was the day after I had decided to eat three ice creams for dinner instead of dinner. You're and my, I was like, maybe I need a goal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need something to work towards. And the, like, actually the, the, the training portion of it is something I've really enjoyed in the past as well. It's just like anything, like having a goal and, and working towards it is satisfying. Um, so I started out, I was going to say I started out strong. Which I did, but it was for a pretty short, short period of time, like a couple of weeks. Um, and then there was just stuff, like there was just stuff on. And the the further along you get in the training schedule, of course, the more time it takes, particularly for the the long run, right? So you'll do like some smaller runs during the week and then one long run, which builds up in kilometers what is, every week. What is a long run? Like what is what is long? Well, so yesterday I did 18Ks. So a marathon is, and this is like, fuck, I would would honestly complain if I had to drive 18Ks. (laughs) I'd be like, nah, there's nothing I care that much. I'm like, what is, what's 18Ks away? Like Sydney? (laughs) (laughs) But that's not even half. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, and I should be running more than that by now, but because I missed a bunch of weeks in between. Um. Anyway, so I did a little like recalibration of stuff yesterday. It just means I'll have to have bigger jumps between. So I think next week I'll be doing like 22 or something. Whereas oh. like if I had followed it properly, I probably would have only been jumping by like two Ks every week. Yeah. Okay. So the increments are going to get bigger because you've got to keep the, like the tangent of the. Yeah. 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 Which is okay. I mean, because I'm, you know, I'm at a. It's not. I'm not starting from zero essentially, so yeah. it's it's kind of okay. But um, yeah. So we like tell me about your marathon. I'm like, well, it hasn't really been happening until <laughs> yesterday. But I'm. I think I've caught it. I've caught it just in time yeah. where I can still sort of catch up and make it happen. But it's um, yeah. It is interesting because I feel like I'm not. It's not kind of giving me the thing that I want from it, which is because I haven't been doing it properly. Um, so hopefully now with it like a little bit more focus, I'll be able to do it. But this is also what I mean in terms of like what what do I edit? Like things like this are part of it as well. Like, you know, there's 
there's all the different work things, but then there's like, oh, I also want to like run a marathon. But I also want, like I've been to a dance class in a million years until yeah. last week. And I was like, I fucking love this. This needs to be at the top of my list. Yeah. It makes me so happy. But then it's like, what, what comes off the list? This is. And what's more yeah. important, like, you know, can a work thing come off the list? Well, like maybe if like that's a thing that's not, if there are other things that would make my life keeps better, yeah. but then it's like, oh, well, you still have to like, you still have a mortgage and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> all the work things can't come off yeah. the list. I think also it's, yeah, this is very much on my mind lately as well because not all of these things are weighted equally. So if it's a case of say, so take work out of the picture, just say, for argument's sake, I have 10 recreation hours available for this week. What that means is I could do 10 activities one hour each or two activities for five hours or five activities for two hours. Like, so, and there's no right or wrong way to distribute that, but different activities have different points at which they deliver the return on that time. So for, so for example, I'm like, Reading my book, I could do for an hour a week and that's cool. Or I could do for five hours a week. Those are both great. I'm not going to get better at reading. Like I'll just enjoy those hours and that'll be cool. Same for watching TV. Yeah. But for something like bouldering, as, as we know, I'm an avid boulderer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've, I love yeah. it. I really yeah. enjoy it. And, but at the moment, I, I have time to go once a week, maybe once, maybe more realistically once every two weeks. So it's this groundhog day scenario of going, having a great time. My arms get exhausted really soon. I don't have the upper body strength I need to actually get better or, and it doesn't matter about being good at it, but like enjoying it because I can hold my own more. So then it gets to a point where it's like, well, are you going to carve out one hour a week for that and never make any progress? And that hour is, it just could be so much more fun if you made that a five hour a week or a four hour a week thing and cut out something else. But like what? Yeah, exactly. And I think that that same thing is relevant, at least for me at the moment. And it's been what I've been thinking about for both work and recreation is that like the time investment to be able to do like work-wise work to the quality that I expect from myself and recreation wise again like it's not like you have to be the best like you're not going to the like state championships <laughs> for bouldering but it it is more enjoyable <clears throat> yeah if you have the strength if you yeah. learn more of the skills then you can do more stuff so like being like quote unquote better at it is helpful for your enjoyment yes it. yeah exactly yeah not in a competitive way yes or like a needing to feel good or achievement blah 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 yeah yeah exactly so then yeah, editing. I think editing is my theme for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Month? I don't know. I just I'm just very fucking aware that I need to do some of it, mm. but um I don't know what. I think how. again, kind of looping back to where we started on this incredibly uh free-ranging, unstructured <laughs> conversation. <laughs> you speaking about um not having a picture of that. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling at the moment. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. I've got this. I'm like this, the way that I've spent the last two months is not sustainable. Work-wise, friendship-wise, activity-wise, all of it. I'm like, there's no way that this all fits in and keeps running. And I feel like I've, I'm getting this like cumulative hangover 
of just wanting to sleep for 24 hours, but that wouldn't even make up the sleep debt. That's just the interest on all the sleep that I've lost over that time. I just, I'm like just paying the interest rates on my exhaustion and not actually knocking it down or, or getting any of that kind of rest. And I don't mean, I don't know. I still think that there's part of me that has this immature embarrassment around like needing time off. Yeah. Like, no, but that's like not cool and fun. That's like really boring. Yeah. But it. I hear you on that. I for sure. Need it. But I don't know what that looks like. I'm like, <clears> what does, yeah. if I was getting it right, what would that look like? I haven't got a clue. Like, I yeah. don't know really what I'm aiming for. Cool. Well, we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Getting yeah. it right. Uh, maybe no one does. Well, is everyone just feeling this way? Is it making yeah. it worse because I'm imagining that people are getting it right somewhere and I'm not one of those people? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't like there's no answer. There's no like, oh, like I've we, we've done it, we've solved it, like we've spoken about mm. a million times before because it continues to change. Um, also, like, I think I have very high expectations of myself which can be detrimental but I think because of that I also have high expectations that I can live a life of balance and calm and happiness if that's something that I want for myself if I've been able to achieve other shit why shouldn't I be able to achieve that also Mm. which is probably an unhealthy way of framing it (laughs) but it might might be the thing that that you know, enables my, the chemistry of my brain to be able to achieve it. Um, uh, I had another point, but it's gone now. It doesn't matter. No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, fine. It's, it's, it's not like this is being recorded and distributed to thousands of people. So. <laughs> uh, they know me by now. They get it. You they guys. It. You guys. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, it's not, it's not like bad, bad stuff. I think the other thing that I've, come to realize in recent years is the detrimental effect that exhaustion has on creativity Mm. and that um that feels awful like talk about suffocating to feel like I have no ideas yeah um for me is like that's a horrible feeling and I know that that happens when I run myself yeah. down have I I'm sure I've said this to you before but like the udder it's when I feel like udders <laughs> so like <laughs> I'm trying to Jessie's guess face <laughs> yeah you tell me what you think I'm about to say I think mm-hmm. you okay hang on say that you feel like udders yeah um also like the- just say the word udders again it's it's real udders. weird it's never very very quick sidebar did I ever tell you about the time <laughs> <laughs> that we were playing Pictionary. So, okay, sorry, just like very, very, very quick sidestep. So in my household, right, myself, my sister, my mum, my dad, me, Julia and mum, all artistically inclined people who could draw. Dad, absolutely, like not at all. I love He's creative in going. other ways but cannot draw for shit. Sorry, dad, love you, but you know this, it's fine. So 
<laughs> we would often play Pictionary as a, as a family. And because Pictionary is mainly about like connection and communication, if mum and dad were together, they would often win, even with dad's terrible drawing ability, just because That's they like got each other's so brains so well. Cute. Yeah. It's just so it was beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah. But he wants to, I'll recreate this <laughs> for you and post it to the show notes or whatever. But he was trying to draw a cow and he drew essentially, like imagine how like a child would draw a cow, like a circle for the body and a circle for the head. <laughs> And then he tried to draw to draw an other, but he just drew a pair of boobs. <laughs> You're like, yeah, this is the things that the milk come from, Wait, right? Did he draw the boobs though, the car boobs in the nether regions of the car? Yes. So they were human boobs, but like <laughs> that is. <laughs> it was, and I, it's probably still at his house somewhere because I took it and like ran away with it and like hid it somewhere in my room. I'm like, I must keep this forever and ever and ever. There is nothing like, I feel like there are some bad drawings that people have made. Like as someone who can draw and I say that with confidence, I'm like, there's literally 10 million other things that I'm shit at. But like as someone who can draw comfortably, I don't think that people who can't draw appreciate how much better it is. Sometimes like a bad drawing is fucking magical yeah. I'll never forget my friend Elni in high school who's still one of my closest friends and is so smart so driven the most like powerful fucking human force of nature cannot fucking draw for shit like cannot draw for shit and she had to draw a dog for like just a little note of a dog whatever and I looked across and she gave it a beak <laughs> Like, like defense, like, you know, I can't draw. And I'm like, but that's not even like, have you seen dogs? Like, I don't think this is a drawing issue. (laughs) I love it so much. And I can sort of remember as well, like, you know, like being younger and stuff that it's that the space between like what you picture in your head and what comes out your hand. And also like you, obviously, you know, like you can recognize a dog and be like, dog but to have to try and bring one up in your Mm. mind and then replicate that on the like it is really really hard if it's not something you do every day (laughs) but baby beak (laughs) (laughs) and I saw it's even speaking about it like I can see it in my mind I'm like I've seen a million drawings I'm like I've been to fucking art school I've seen all, so many drawings in my life and 99.9% of them immediately forgotten. But that it's just was so magical. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, this exists now. This yeah. thing this thing did not exist. Your brain and your hand made it and now it's like, now that's just a thing in the world. It's cool. And it's the best. Do you see those things where um, like parents collaborate with their kids oh, on drawing yes. things? Like take their drawings and sort of render them yeah. in a way where it's like, imagine if, yes. a, if a dog did have a beak. Yes. Yeah. If it was like a real, gorgeous. yeah. Like if, if it was a realistic Yes. If it was more realistic than we realized kind yes. of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. I love exactly. it. It's so fun. It's like creating these like magical worlds. Actually, that's something I want to come back to, but let's do your udder first. Do so <laughs> that is something I didn't think I would say to you today. Let's do my udder. Let's my do udder. your udder first. <laughs> yes, please. I'm utterly excited. <laughs> like I was I was like, one of us is gonna go the udder pun. Yeah. Speaking of dad, he'll be very proud of that one. <laughs> um, okay. So you feel like an, an udder. udder. 
So as it, is it in as in like you just feel like you're being like sort of squeezed and like yes. taken from and taken yes. from and then like milked out. Yeah. But without without the kind of rest and care and putting anything in, I'm like, there's at some yeah. point like there's just nothing left in there. Yeah. Like the milk is gone. Yeah. And I'm just a like a five foot five udder. Yeah. <laughs> Empty. <laughs> <laughs> flaccid udder <laughs> and you don't get to enjoy the fruits of that either it's well, not like you're drinking your own milk <laughs> <laughs> I like push this metaphor into a weird it's, dark place you know what it's a thing that I always want to ask people that have had babies and don't but I'm like dude oh you would I would try it 100% I as also you would wouldn't. try it I mean, I don't know though. I feel I'm like, I'm scared to, I would try it a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't sit there like putting it in my coffee, but I would want to, <laughs> I you, want to know what it tastes would like. Would you, would you want your partner to try it? I wouldn't want him to, but if he was curious, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have any problem with it. I think I would be offended if he, if he or she didn't want to. I'd be like, just, just, <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. What's so disgusting about my yeah, milk, exactly. huh? <laughs> Um, no, I don't think I'd be offended if I didn't want to. <laughs> okay, it is fine. a bit weird. Okay, but knowing, knowing Danny, you would, I reckon, curiosity would get the better of him and he would want to try it. He's a hundred, he needs to edit. He's going to be like, snip that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> knowing Dan, he'd be all over that sweet, sweet human milk. <laughs> I just mean in the sense that he's a very curious person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Um, right. Anyway, wow, well, that took a turn. Utterly, what was the thing? I, oh, Magical creating landscapes. Worlds, creating worlds. This is something. So, oh, you will love this, Alice. Have you ever watched the Netflix series um, Movies That Made Us? No. I think you would really enjoy it. So they sort of like take a deep dive into various movies like Jurassic Park or whatever, like classic movies, and sort of tell you a bit of the story behind it and like these movies that were sort of classics and and you know either impacted cinema or um that sounds amazing you know yeah it's great um and obviously dan loves it and last night we watched one on elf our favorite (gasps) christmas movie (laughs) (laughs) which was you should watch it it was super interesting and obviously adorable and the story is actually incredibly sweet um and it i didn't yeah, there are a lot of things I didn't realise about it, that it was sort of its genesis was really with people who were relatively unknown and that actually when they booked Will Ferrell to star in it, he wasn't really so much of a big star at the time when they yeah. first got him in. Anyway, this is all inconsequential to, to the actual story. But um, seeing how they created, because, you, you know, they've got those um, like moments of stop motion in it where he's in the yeah. North Pole and mm. stuff. And watching how they created this in a um, like an ice rink, and like and making the actual like I didn't realize I don't think that a lot of it was in was stop motion like they had actual figurines doing stuff, and they didn't want to use any CGI because they didn't want it to date. Like you know you look at CGI yeah. stuff like that's like twenty years old now, and it it feels dated. That's so true. So yeah. a lot of the um, where he's in the in the North Pole. For those of you who are not lucky enough to have seen Elf yet, um, <laughs> yet it's like twenty years old. <laughs> hey, we haven't seen it till a couple yeah, of years that's ago. True. Um, so there's uh, Buddy, who's who has been raised as an elf, but he's actually a human. So he's like human size in an elf world. 
Um, but the way they did it, and I'm going to forget the word they used for it, but it's oh, forced perspective because they didn't want to use any CGI. Oh. So the way they shot it, they would have um, the like. Obviously, they're all all human sized. They're not, they're not real Christmas elves. Spoiler: They're not actual elves. So have them sit like a few meters behind and set up the camera in a way so that the perspective it would make it look like they were sitting next to each other. Anyway, watch. I'm just watching all of this with my like mouth open. Like how magic mm. it is to be able to create worlds in that way. And I can remember when I was a little kid feeling so connected to the ability to do that I think particularly as someone who's always like drawing and making things like feeling like when I would draw something on a page it then felt real to me like drawing characters and worlds and stuff it's like as soon as they left my brain through my hand onto that page they became real to me and I got the feeling of excitement and wonder that I created for myself was something I've not really been able to tap back into often as an adult. And I know that some people can, like I, you know, particularly um, like musician friends, I know talk about that a, a lot. And I think if you're creating like the, the drawing that I do is mainly like it's a it's a service. It's not a creative expression mm. for me. So that's a different thing as well. And talking about this, like, you know, um, like, well, what is my vision if I need to do some editing in my life? Like what would ultimate, what would ultimate Jessamy look like? I'm like, maybe this is a thing. Like it doesn't, it's not the answer, but maybe I feel like it's something that I need to consider. Like, how could I get myself back to that feeling of creating worlds? Yeah. Oh, I, lo- oh, I love this. Something just what that makes me think of. So I had the exact same thing when I was a kid and I used to get anxiety around throwing away paper where I'd drawn same. characters or anything on because they were real and they had, they were, I, I know when you say that, I'm like, I know exactly, they were like alive outside of me. Yes. And I also used to get a thing where I would cry if I made them if I messed up the drawing oh my because God, I was like, same. oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, look at you. I broke you. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I used to make this. Oh my God. I can't believe you've never spoken. I don't think before. I've spoken to anyone about that. It's oh such a God. random, weird little piece of childhood. I used to make these tissue dolls, which were like one tissue scrunched up with another tissue over the top and yeah. then like tied together and draw faces on them. And mum, like, I don't really remember. I, well, I don't think I remember this. I feel like I do because I've had the story yeah. told back to me so many times. But mum said, like, you would be sitting, like, crying in, like, piles of tissues because you would have been doing this over and over again. It's like, they all looked exactly the same. Yeah. Until you got the one that was like, ah, like, it's perfect. And then you would be happy. But it was yeah. that thing of, like, oh, no. And I rem- it wasn't like a... um. It wasn't like a perfectionism thing of like, oh, like I'm so shit. It was exactly this feeling like, no, 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 you're not like, I'm not bringing you yeah. to life in the way you deserve. Exactly. I felt, I felt like apology. I was like, I'm so, I had this yes. responsibility and I'd fucked it. And I was yes. like, I am so sorry. I'm like, but also like not tissues, but paper and like crying and just being like, but I can't throw them away because I can't punish them for the fact that like I, I fucked up. Yes. Like, I brought, like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I just have a piles. Like I would lose my mind if, Anyone tried to throw away anything that I'd drawn. And we just used to have these huge, my parents would both go to work and bring 
all the waste paper from like the photocopy machine. So we just draw on the back of it. Same. Piles and piles yeah. of, like, of these. And I was like, no, I'm so sorry. Like I should have done better. I should have drawn it better or made it better. And now, yeah. Oh, this is so validating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird. Yes. This is kind of how I felt when I discovered that ASMR was a thing that other people also felt. Where oh, it was like wow. a thing you've never spoken about. And it's not because you're ashamed of it, but it's just never come up in conversation. Yeah, sure. And then Why suddenly you're like, oh, my God, that's a shared experience. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't know what the, again, it's like just a thought that I literally had last night about yeah. this thing. But it's like that if I was to think of like me at my happiest, that is a feeling that I would love to be able to recreate yeah. for myself Do you think regularly. That, do you think that that feeling is around flow state because for me I feel like those mo I was so in flow like just losing hours or people would speak you don't even hear noises around you because you're so immersed in the thing you're mm -hmm. making because I would be a little I feel like I'm I'd be scared to go back to a time where I felt so invested in the drawing itself because that has its other flip side as well that has the side of like crying <laughs> yeah over piles and piles because like nothing's ever quite the thing or um yes but so interestingly like I I have the feeling that it's not drawing like where I'm going to find this isn't okay drawing. yeah I think that's actually where I was kind of going yeah. with that yeah so the, like the, the flow state thing is part of it but no I think it's the feeling of like yeah, I can't think of any other way to phrase it other than creating worlds. It's like making magic. I don't think that is necessarily, yeah, going to be in drawing. Yeah. Might be. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I Stay do, tuned. I do <laughs> um, wonder, and I, I hope I'm wrong about this, but, like, I do wonder if that's maybe part of – where people find magic and meaning with having kids is like maybe that is a way. Oh, that God. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to be that guy. But like because it gives you I, – I, I think about times where I've been like with my friend's son as child, Aaron, telling him a story and like those are moments where I've kind of managed to drop into that. Actually, can I tell you about a thing? Of That's course. So like I, I did drop into this the other day. It was This is such a random moment. It was so – beautiful um with um I was I was with Tom and I was just scratching his back and he was just kind of like dozing off and and whatever and for whatever reason I just started pretending that I was like cooking so I was like okay I'm gonna put the pot over there then we're gonna chop the carrots I'm gonna put the carrots across like like I felt like a kid and I was like there was literally a moment where I was like what the fuck am I doing it was so fun I mean like for him it's like he's he's just getting like a back scratch but I was like narrating it like, this was not just in my head. He was getting, like, the whole, like, okay, and then the pot goes there, and then we got to go to the pantry and get some basil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how fun. Yeah. And I think it's you've play. actually, yeah, it, yeah, it's play, but it's imagination. Mm. Like, that's the, the real key mm. to it, isn't it? It's, like, you can be, I think I do spend a lot of time being creative, whatever you want that to mean, as in, like, making new things yeah thinking of new ideas but that is is related to but not the same as imagination yes and I think maybe that 
is the little bit of magic mm. that I've been missing in my life. And absolutely, I think, you know, th- that would come with having kids. That's not an investment I'm prepared to make. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to, but I think that's a, yeah, that's probably I, like a. Definitely. It, it's almost like a forcing function of like, it'll bring that in without you noticing it. But if you don't yeah. have kids, then it's like, you just have to be intentional exactly. around seeking it and, and making it again. Well, like lot, like lots of things, if you um, choose not to have children or you can't have children or you whatever, you don't have children for whatever reason, is that's probably a side of it I hadn't considered. I'd considered recently the things of like, okay, well then what, like how do you create your own traditions? We've spoken about mm. this on the podcast a bit before. Like what does the rest of your life look like if you don't have those, the milestones that come with having children? Because, uh, you know, for me personally, like feeling like a need for some sort of structure, not just because, you know, you have like birth, school, you know, kinder school, high school, uni or, or not, work, uh, make the love of your life, marriage. But then, and then if you have kids and it's like kid, then they go through the whole thing again. But if you don't, then it's like that bit and then like question mark. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> Which is very intimidating. I mean, it's also incredibly liberating yeah. and exciting, but yeah. it's also like you do have to be a bit more intentional around the structures mm. that you put in there. This is a side of it I don't think I'd considered before is that if you don't get that um, that automatics probably not being fair necessarily, but that you get that opportunity to connect back into imagination and mm. play as part of bringing up kids. Like I remember my parents talking about like how fun and magic it was to create, you know, like the Easter bunny and Santa Claus and whatever and all of those things that were making magic, it made it for them as well. So then if you you don't have kids, then how do you continue to find and make magic for yourself and for other people? Exactly. And, I mean, even with I remember experiencing this when I went to uni after school and I, my first year of the first degree was in humanities and, and uh, literature and philosophy. And halfway through the year, I was like, why do I feel crazy? Like my hands feel weird. And it was because I'd been clean for six months. Like I hadn't wow. drawn or painted anything. And it was because I had never needed to intentionally build that into my life before. It had just always been there. Yeah. And suddenly it was like, like I'd never had to make effort for art. And then suddenly not having it, you do. And, and it just sometimes mm. the default structure of your life is giving you a thing and you don't appreciate that, yeah, it's cool. You can change the shape of it. But then sometimes you you have to be the person who's like, all right, well, I guess I need to now be like the rules are two hours a week or one hour a day or whatever it is you need to like carve mm. out. Also, side note, but it was really funny explaining. This is again my son is child Aaron, who's amazing. But he went through a phase where I was where I had to explain to him like that imagination is basically lying. <laughs> <laughs> like getting to that point where he's like, you know, we'd get to stories yeah. and he was learning that like what it means at some story, you know, like when he's when they're really young, everything you say is true. And then yeah. he, he's starting to understand, no, there's this other world with like that the concept of dragon, like a dragon is a thing, but a dragon is not a real thing. Mm. But like, how actually do you explain that? No, it's like, there are no dragons, but like there's stories with dragons, but where are they? They're nowhere. Okay. So they're like a lie. 
Yeah, fuck, that's so interesting. But, yeah, but also, like, you know, every, like, kid's book and bit of fiction or whatever about giant dogs yeah. or whatever. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. See, ex- being a parent sounds real hard. <laughs> <laughs> hot take, hot take from Jessamine G. Whoa. I don't know if you guys had heard. Guys. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> Yeah, it's fascinating. We um we because it was Dan's birthday on Friday, and his brother dropped around very briefly with our nephews. So he's got two two brothers. Both of them have little boys about a year apart, and so Alfie is just one one and a bit, I think. And they're so different, the two boys. Um, and qu- both quite like their dads, which is cute, personality wise. <clears throat> um. And <laughs> so Josh is really like, um, like he just, he wants to be included. He wants to be part of it. Like you know, kind of um, like quite sensitive. Um, he's gorgeous. I'm a big fan of both of these kids. As someone who doesn't love children, these two A plus. They're great. Um, <laughs> and then Alfie, and he is obviously very little, like, you know, one, he's only just started walking and stuff. So he's not, you know, he's got a couple of, like, he can say, like, koala and mum and dad and kangaroo because they live in Dalesford. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but it just struck me, like, how how much of his personality you can see already and this, like, like very sort of, like, chill independence, like, they got there. They were only because of timing and we had to go out for dinner and stuff. They were here for maybe 15 minutes or something. So it was a very quick visit. And after maybe five minutes, Alfie just started going, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done. And, and they're like <laughs> pouring at the door, like, bye. And he, but he wasn't like upset or crying or anything. He was just like, I've decided. <gasps> bye. That's amazing. <laughs> Like, I yes. like this kid. Fuck, that's great. And then when I was saying goodbye to him, so James was holding him and I was like, bye, Alfie, bye, sweet, and sort of like put my like hand out to his arm and he just took his little hand and moved my hand <laughs> away. <laughs> I was like, all right, boundaries, cool. noted, yeah. got it, buddy. No worries, no lo- worries. It's the classic, I love that, it's the classic, like it stings your ego for two seconds when it happens and then you just love the person even more because yeah. you're like, thank you. I now know that you'll never be with me if you don't want to be with me. Totally. You'll never do anything you don't want to do. I can just feel emotionally safe knowing that if you're here, you're happy. Yeah. yeah what a gift. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> love that. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we, um, I was chatting to a friend of mine, James, this week and he said this thing that, I thought it was really interesting around learning new skills and being an adult and a kid and whatever to kind of um, overlay. I feel like a kind of two threads of conversation are happening. But um, he he said this thing about how people are always people as adults are always really lazy about learning stuff, and we blame the fact that we didn't learn when we we were younger because we're Mm. attributing this magical learning state to kids. Like, oh, kids are magical learners, and it's not hard for Mm. kids to learn, and they just learn stuff, and it's easy for them, but it's hard for us, so I'm not going to start learning Spanish kind of thing. Yeah. And he was like, it's not actually true. Like, when you're a kid, you just have way lower expectations on the speed of learning. Yeah. So it's – Think about how long actually you did the same thing again and again 
or I think the example actually we were it was again bouldering yesterday but how you do one or two runs and if you're not getting better you're mad at yourself for not getting better quicker mm. instead of just going and doing the same ones you've done again and again because that feels like stagnation or or lack of progress but then you think about being a kid and how many of the exact same loop of your driveway you did on your bike mm. like hundreds right like you're not learning stuff necessarily faster but you're just fine with like being bad at stuff for longer yeah i wonder as well because you're like i mean the the <laughs> bike example is probably a bit different but in terms of like school like you don't like an an element of choice is taken away from it you're like okay I'm here for 12 years I I just like that's it like so it'll just you know and next year I'll still be here I do remember that feeling (laughs) suffocating yeah (laughs) full circle um but also it's like everyone everyone is learning like I think as, as, as adults there's no, like, you don't know what people are and aren't trying to learn and they could be at any level. Whereas when you're kids, like, obviously there's room to move within that. Kids will still learn it at different levels, but it's, you're learning ish the same stuff and you're, there is an expectation. You're all there as learners. You are all literally students. Yeah. Yeah. I've never thought of it like that. Like Mm. that that's just a given versus yeah, yeah, I mean, it can be quite lonely, I suppose, isn't it? Like you do have to drive the whole thing yourself if you're not part of a community. Or I suppose that's why, I mean, I guess that's why stuff, like even with your CrossFit, mm. like you, you're you recreating that that little mini community, that little pocket of yeah. of like a team who are on a journey together. Mm. And oh, I love to think of my gym as CrossFit school rather than a gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's hey guys. adorable. <laughs> Can I tell you about the wedding that I went to last oh, weekend? It was amazing. Do, it was do. amazing on so many levels. But the the part that that I wanted to tell you about, because I think you'd appreciate it, it was so fucking cute. So it was amazing. It was this huge um, vineyard venue and it, there was sort of everyone stayed over for three nights. So there was just this kind of feeling of community there over time. Mm-hmm. And as it was part of the wedding was that the bride and groom, Jam and Beck. Beck, who's a podcast listener. Hello, Beck. Hey, Beck. Um, your wedding was amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they both met and connected uh, kind of like pop punk is a big theme for them. And their wedding is something that's really important in their lives. And um, so as, as a surprise for them, like a whole group of friends practiced learnt and played and sang these two Blink-182 songs. Stop it! it. So, <laughs> so oh which God. takes so much longer than you would think. <laughs> you look oh at... Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I got it. That would be like one evening of, of a few drinks. It's really not, especially because you realize not everyone grew up listening to Blink. So for a lot of people in that group, they're like, what is this? It's the first time I've heard first date and they've got to learn it. But... It had this beautiful kind of like almost like a choir feeling because yeah. there was there was the four um four guys playing instruments and then the rest of us kind of singing. It was messy as fuck, I'll be honest, but it was so cute and and there was so much love. So that happened on the on the actual wedding as as like a little surprise and um and that was beautiful in its own moment. But then the next night because now all the instruments are there. It's the Sunday night. Everyone stayed at the venue. You've got that beautiful lull of now like 
all the pressures off, all the like kind of the fuss that surrounds that big celebration has now died down. And you just have these beautiful kind of after facts. So you've got a group of friends who are kind of tired and hungover, but feeling full of love and celebration. You've got some instruments. And what ended up just organically happening was this big group of maybe about 20 of us in this room together. They brought the instruments in. They brought all the candles from the night before, turned off the lights, and there was just candles everywhere, instruments, people just jamming, taking, to, you know, if someone would get up, play guitar, someone on the drums, playing little bits of songs that people have picked up over the years, people who know the songs, just standing up in front of everyone and like singing. Some people can sing beautifully, some of us can't, but just it didn't matter. And it was just making music with humans in a like so simple, you know, and like gla- a glass of red wine and just the most magical moment. And I just, I had this moment of being like, this is, if I could have wished for any life, like this is it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was completely just a magical thing. And there's no, there's no moral to that story. There's yeah. no point other than it was just a beautiful accidental thing that emerged and was very special. That's so gorgeous. I love those things. And, um, and that's the thing you can't, if you tried to recreate exactly. that, you'd fail. And if we'd planned it, it yes. would have felt yes. completely different as well. Yeah. Just got to um, enjoy it and acknowledge it for the magic, the world that you yeah, create, yeah. if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that uh, elegance. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try. Since I've got my, my new glasses, I, my favourite trick has been, you know, the one where you like, put your hands behind your ears <laughs> yeah, like that. And, yeah, and so it looks like you're raising your eyebrows because I am indeed a fucking 50 year old man <laughs> that is my sense of humor but I just tried to do that and I'm like oh no I've got headphones on I can't thwarted what by your own you. gear <laughs> um we should probably wrap up I guess I don't I, I honestly feel like it has been forever since we've just sat down and done this together with us. So I hope, um, dear listeners, you enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a lot of additional stuff going on recently, which has been so, so fucking exciting. And we've just, we've had the best time, but also I think, you know, it's so great to kind of return to our roots, which is just, you know, us, us talking shit about our feelings. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. I, I feel the same. It's, it's really, I felt like I'd forgotten how to do it. We were like talking the whole yeah. time we were setting up and then the classic thing happened of the second we hit record. I'm like, well, I got nothing, bro. What's <laughs> happened in my, nothing. I don't, I don't have thoughts. I don't have feelings. <laughs> and then the other classic is going to be that we're going to stop recording and be like, oh my God, and here's another thing also. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you just have to trust that uh, the conversation after we stop recording is incredibly deep, insightful, intellectual. Um, I, I yeah. wish you could hear and, it and you'll, ne- you'll never know you'll never know but it's you just yeah <laughs> this is Have what faith. we got um, yeah thank you for everyone who's been listening and yeah and following along and engaging on socials as they say and and through the newsletter and just being along for the ride it's yeah the oh and bef- before we wrap up oh, yeah. um a couple of things so we do have on the the theme of um exciting extra things happening um as some of you may know a couple couple of weeks ago fuck i've totally lost control of 
doesn't matter. Time. It doesn't matter. You're right. We did a live podcast recording um, with Ellen Porteous for her artist talk. Um, her show was so incredible. It's just finished up now. It's it sold out. Um, but we will release that as a bonus episode this Thursday. Um, she's, yeah, it's super, super interesting. Her work is incredible. So um, a little bit of bonus for you. We, we decided to make it a bonus episode because obviously as a live recording, the sound, I mean, it actually ended up sounding pretty good, but it's not, you know, as as it's high not- quality as you've come to expect <laughs> from the imposter syndrome club, darling. Um, and we're also aware that there's been a lot of sort of additional stuff on at the moment. So we thought um, we would give that to you as a little bonus prezi on Thursday this week. And the other exciting thing is that we have booked in our live show for yes! our first birthday. Yes! So exciting. So exciting. So that's going to be on Friday, the 26th of May, the weekend after I either have or haven't run a marathon. (laughs) We'll see. Um, We'll be unpacking that live for sure. (laughs) If Alice piggybacks me in, you'll know why. (laughs) Um, But that's going to be at Ringo Bar in Brunswick. It is. So I found, well, I found, I came across this place earlier this year, I think or at the end of last year. Um, it's so fucking cool. So it's a little, um, record store slash bar. Um, the people who run it are just so gorgeous and amazing. And we've got a few little like surprise tricks up our sleeve and it's going to be super fun, but because it, the venue itself is small, the tickets are super limited. So they're actually close to halfway sold already. Really? Yeah. 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 I know. Maybe people like, <laughs> like what if people don't come to our birthday party? Jess? They're totally going to our birthday party. So if you are in Melbourne, um, or you're going to be in Melbourne that weekend, Friday the 26th of May, um, there's a link in our what? Where's our know. link? I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> oh, Instagram's probably It'll easiest. be fine. People actually, are smart, they'll find it. I was about to say link in bio, then I realized I'm not a living Instagram. <laughs> 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 on Instagram, I, I don't think I've actually put it on our um, website yet, um, but I will do that in postersyndromeclub.com. Um, yeah, that's going to be super fun. And we'll, we're going to have a few live guests, but I think the thing that both of us are most excited about is just to get the chance to hang out with you guys and have a drink and a laugh and do it yeah. all face to face, which would be awesome. Yeah, this makes my heart so happy. So, yeah, thank you, Jess. Thank you, everyone. It's always the best. Best part of my week. Yeah. Love you, Alice, Edie. Love you. Bye. Bye. Clawing at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Imposter Syndrome Club. Please follow us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra kind, rates and review. Or if you got any insights or value from this, share with a friend. You can also find us on Instagram at ImpostorPod or online at ImpostorSyndromeClub.com. 